Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the 14th dose, and it's called Comes Back Around. My name is Lindsay Celeste, and I'm making this podcast because I want to share with you some of the quirky poetic things I've noticed in everyday life in hopes that they will be of interest and of assistance to you in living a more present, easeful, enjoyable life. And this one in particular, called Comes Back Around, is inspired by washing my car with my dad. And I'd like to riff off of that and join it up with Easter in... I'm smiling because I'm feeling nervous about how this is going to mix. So let me take a deep breath. I grew up with the Easter story being really important. I grew up as a Christian and I currently feel uneasy talking about the Bible story of the resurrection. I recorded a first version of this podcast where I expanded on why I feel uneasy about that. But then I felt uneasy about feeling uneasy, and I deleted it. (laughs) So I still feel uneasy. So we're just going to skip over that part. Let's acknowledge it's Easter this past weekend, and I tried to read the Bible story, and I didn't make it all the way through. And I'm still involved with a church sometimes, and I need a more nuanced reading of that story than I have ever had shared with me. And I'm not yet ready to be the one to share that. So moving on. Easter is also confusing because there's this bunny, and there's eggs, and bunnies don't lay eggs. However, I was camping with my boyfriend this weekend and I had ha- I had just happened to mention maybe like over a week ago that I really like those little foil Easter eggs, like the chocolate ones covered in foil. And then a few, when I was at work and somebody asked me, are you doing anything exciting for Easter? I said, well, I probably won't get an Easter egg hunt because I only mentioned this really offhandedly and so I, I doubt that he's going to remember And then we're camping, and I wake up in the morning, and the Easter Bunny had come to our campsite, and I felt like so happy, so happy that the Easter Bunny had visited, and this Easter Bunny knew exactly how to be an Easter Bunny. Like, I don't know if there's a, is there like a manual on this, but... It was perfect. Like the Easter Bunny had hidden the eggs all around the campsite, the little chocolate covered, foil covered chocolate ones. And like in a way that it's easy to see a few of them and harder to see the other ones, but you never have to like dig around. Like anyways, I was so delightful. I haven't had a visit from the Easter Bunny in like probably 20 years. And it almost like chokes me up because I can feel this like, it's like such a a loving thing to be surprised and it's such a ridiculous tradition and I don't understand it I don't know where it came from 
on that level, but on the other level, I understand why it happens because I could feel this glee like there's little golden chocolate nuggets. <laughs> like what's better? What is better than finding chocolate around the campsite in the morning? And then there's like anyways, I just really feel delighted about that. And uh I have a sore in my mouth from eating too much chocolate. And and it got me thinking about the traditions that we have and how sometimes they don't make any sense. And, I mean, but then maybe they make sense on another level of just this, this felt enjoyment of this repeated thing we do. So I'm really glad that the Easter Bunny has come back around in my life. <laughs> and I also think about my childhood where, like, Christianity was really important and we also had Easter egg hunts like was that not troubling to anybody and it's only my adult like logical brain that's like wait you're mixing Christian and pagan symbols a whole lot which I have now become comfortable with but I didn't think anybody in my childhood was so it's kind of humorous now I mean we do the same thing at Christmas with the Christmas tree and like stockings and a nativity set and like this whole jumble of fun and meaning and traditions and uh the other reason I named this come back around as I mentioned is because of washing a car with my dad so we need to back up a little bit when I when I, it probably started when I was about two. I just came across this picture of me. I'm two, yeah, about two years old, and I'm wearing my little gum boots and my little overalls, and I've got this cloth in my hand, and I'm in front of my dad's big red truck. And at one, just I look really cute. I'm this little blonde-haired, cute two-year-old, and I'm being very, very helpful washing his vehicle with him and my dad was really into washing cars and having them be very clean and as so I whenever I would go for a visit there I would get to help with washing cars and it wasn't really a chore so much as a chance to get to be with my dad and he would pay me I think it started off at 25 cents for every wheel that I washed, so I could make a dollar if I helped. And wheels are a good height because I could kind of like squat and scrub and I'd get the toothbrush out and could be very particular with getting the wheels really clean. As I knew he liked. And then at some point in my childhood, like I remember negotiating for a pay raise basically because of inflation. I think I might have got it up to a dollar per, per wheel. So I enjoyed this car washing as time with him but I also especially as I got older kind of judged this as like too particular and and sort of had this stress around it for me like what if the car got dirty and yeah I didn't I didn't understand it I judged it now fast forward as I mentioned, I bought my first car after 
a year and a year and a half of not really driving much and many years of not owning my own vehicle. And in, I think it was the end of January. And this, so I drove it to my dad's place last weekend and we got to have a visit while washing my car and bless his heart. We took our a long time and did all his fancy stages, which I have never watched all the stages. I used to run out of patience before, like the washing and the, and the rinsing and the drying and the scrubbing and the waxing and the polishing. I might've missed a stage in there. This time I was like intent the whole time. And I really enjoyed taking care of my car. I think it has to do with the fact that it's my car. And also, I really enjoyed the time to talk at length with my dad and to talk about adult things that are of of interest to me and my businesses. And and I just, I also, also enjoyed getting the car clean. I could feel the satisfaction and the, like, amazing result of this paint becoming, like, super sleek, like, satiny. And like so soft and yeah, like just, it felt so good to rub my hand over the smooth car surface. And it was so gratifying to also feel like I now understood this part of my dad's life that's been so important to him. And it felt like something inside me was getting readjusted from having judged this activity and now being on the inside and really appreciating it and enjoying it and it's it's so good when something like that happens when something or somebody or an activity that we have previously judged we end up on the other side like it comes back around and usually it kind of like sneaks in It's almost like the Easter Bunny in that, like, you know how it happened, but it also snuck up on you. Like, I know that my boyfriend hid the eggs, but that's not the point. Like, the Easter Bunny still surprised me. Like, I know that I chose to drive my car to my dad's place and uh, wash it with him. But it also snuck up on me, like, oh wait a second, I'm enjoying the thing that I didn't understand and that I judged. I've become the person who wants to have a clean car. Like when we become something or somebody that we didn't expect and it, and it, or especially if something of our parents comes back around, sometimes it's shocking. Sometimes it's not pleasant. Sometimes we see in ourselves the resurgence of something that we vowed to get rid of and sometimes it's something seemingly harmless like I really like wearing knee socks now like high socks socks that come up to my knees and so did my mom (laughs) and the other day I was like ah I really need to make some hair scrunchies that's like when you kind of cover an elastic band with fabric and then use it as a hair tie all of a sudden I was like I really would like some of those which is exactly what my mom used to wear in her hair. And I haven't worn them probably since I was like, you know, eight. 
and now I'm 33 and scrunchies are coming back around because style is also like that. It goes through these strange like boomerang phases and seasons come around. You see how things like come back around, sometimes pleasantly, sometimes unpleasantly. And so the more that I live around these circles of the year and of this sort of spiral feeling of things coming back, I feel like it's more important to be careful how I leave things. Like, because they might be back. I might be back over the same territory. I might be back in that mentality. But the the thing might come back around. Like, it's almost like everything is a boomerang and could come back around. (laughs) I'm not sure if I'm making sense yet. So I'm going to come back around to the same idea that nothing is ever that far away. Nothing is ever really that far apart. It's a small world. It's uh, It's like you might end up in the position that you thought was really far away. You might end up falling in love with somebody of the race that you disparaged. You might end up living in the neighborhood that you used to avoid. You might end up back at the job you thought you left. And some of these could be really, really pleasant, and some of them could be kind of confusing. And some of them could be such gifts. Like, things can come back around. That sometimes endings are not what we thought they were. The second part of this is trickier to explain, but kind of related. I'm going to dare to venture to talk about reincarnation, which I get this sort of nervousness in my mouth because I have a big thought that I'm going to try and articulate. A little bit of context. I didn't grow up believing in reincarnation. As I said, I grew up as a Christian, and reincarnation and Christianity don't mix, at least on the surface. Kind of strangely, because the central story is about a resurrection of Jesus. But reincarnation is apparently not a thing. And maybe about, I want to say maybe eight years ago, like, you know, probably 10 or 12 years ago, I started to not think reincarnation was like the devilish thing to believe. I started to notice that other people believed in it and that that was fine. And, and then I got curious about what would happen if I did believe in it. So this is where I want to point something out. Some beliefs, especially the ones we were taught growing up, we really think are true. Like we think they're true in a kind of true everywhere, objective, like that's the way the world is kind of way. And at some point, you may have your world stretched or punctured or expanded such that you realize that not everybody sees the world you do. And the things you believe may not be the way they are. 
Or you might keep some blinders on for convenience or functionality or lack of exposure. And you may start to notice that we almost get to choose what we believe. And at some point in my journey, I got interested in what beliefs had what effect on my life. Because as the beliefs I was handed in my childhood were crumbling, I noticed the effect that that crumbling had. Sometimes it was very destabilizing. And sometimes it was really exhilarating. And sometimes I really liked the effect. And I wanted to have beliefs that made me happier and kinder and seemingly made the world a better place. Better is a subjective uh, judgment, which probably didn't realize at first, but have since come to understand. But like what? If I believe certain things, how does it affect my life? That's a really good question to ask. If you can figure out what you believe, most of the beliefs we have, we don't think are beliefs. We think they're facts. But what they are affects how we live and how we see the world and how we feel. So I got curious about what it would, how it would change my life and my outlook if I were to believe in reincarnation. So to be clear, I didn't. I didn't actually feel like reincarnation was the truth. But I thought, if I pretend, I wonder what it would be like if I pretended to believe how that would affect my mentality and my behavior. So I just tried it. This wasn't an intellectual decision of like the case for or against reincarnation, nor is that what I'm trying to to present here. I'm just saying I tried believing in it, like pretending to believe in it. And I noticed a few things. I noticed that I felt more patient about life, like as if there was longer, that not everything had to happen this lifetime. It still felt precious, but it felt like I could leave some things undone and I'd be okay because I'd get another, I'd get another round. I also noticed that I felt more patient with other people. Like, maybe they've never done this before. Maybe they're just at this lifetime for the first time. Which, if you don't believe in reincarnation, is still true. So that's just a useful thing to think about. Like, maybe none of us have done this before. Like, Or maybe some of us have and some of us haven't. But if somebody's really looking clueless at like how to be, do being a human well, one of the ways to feel graceful towards them is just think, oh, it's their first time. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like that. Like, you know what? You you hit an awkward part of your body on like, say the edge of your counter that's been there for ages. You're just having trouble like coordinating your limbs. And sometimes I just feel like, Oh, I'm still getting used to this human suit. Which is true. I mean, I've only been in this one for like 33 years. So we're still on like test drive phase. In some, especially if you think our souls are thousands of years old, then I might be quite new to this body. And I also noticed that 
when I pretended to believe in reincarnation, I was more open to sources that did. I was more interested in reading those books, listening to those podcasts, and that um, it's quite easy for a belief to grow and be reinforced. Which is important to know because the things that you might not realize are seeds of belief could easily grow into full-on fortified seemingly truths because it'll be kind of like a feedback loop like it will come back around this is extremely true of anything operating on an algorithm so for example like if you if you watched one youtube video about reincarnation then you're going to get more of them and so soon it's going soon you're going to be given lots more of that information this has been discussed in much more depth than I'm going to do right now. But the kind of echo chamber phenomena of the media that we consume, because a lot of it is, is chosen by algorithms of what we choose, and then it feeds that same interest back to us. We can easily think, because our songs, our, our news feed, our, the ads on our websites, all this stuff that's taking the information of what we liked last time and feeding it back to us, we end up thinking that the things we're into are really prevalent. Um, so it's interesting if you choose for a while to be interested in something that's the opposite of what you were. So for example, me pretending to believe in reincarnation or choosing to investigate it, then I end up, the, the world gets reflected back to me like that's the truth. So it comes back to me, sometimes kind of multiplied. So this phenomena can be useful if you want to shift your experience of reality to realize that the little bits you're putting out are coming back to you. So for example, now that, oh, let's bring it back to cars. If you buy a new car, you'll end up seeing that same car like everywhere. Like it comes back kind of magnified. And so again, the way that we, what we leave behind or what we think about or what we put out, even in our search engine or our song choice is going to get, come back to us amplified. This, do you see how that's a huge shaper of how we think the world is? So if you think that the world is a dangerous place and that strangers are scary and you see one story like that or talk to one person about that, you're probably going to find the news articles, the conversation, like it's going to bounce back like an echo chamber and you're going to find the world that you believe in. And I've mentioned to you once before about this wise guy I was captivated by in Mexico and he, and he told me his name was Todd and uh, if you want to listen back to that story it's on the um, how we met episode Todd said the universe has no choice but to present itself through your beliefs which may also be an Alan Watts quote I wish I knew that for sure it's definitely Alan Watts-esque but the, you will see the world that you believe in because of this kind of 
reflective echo chamber comes back phenomena. Yeah, as I'm saying this, I keep moving my hand kind of back and forth by my head, like as if something's bouncing off a wall and coming back to my head. And... And I feel... I feel an awareness that the deeper stories that have brought this awareness to me, I'm not yet ready to share. So I hope that in these small examples, you can still feel this. Notice this pattern, this refrain in small things and big things that that stuff comes back, comes back around and it might be in whole lifetimes or it might just be in a fashion trend or it might be in a news feed or it might be in the Easter Bunny that things are going to come back and yet that doesn't mean the history is like doomed to repeat itself over and over it's more like a spiral that it comes back around and it changes. And because it comes back around, you also have the opportunity to shift it. So you can shift a tradition or a style or a belief with your conscious will, which is amazing. And, and when you make that shift, it will be amplified and it will come back around differently. It's almost like you're you're just tweaking the trajectory slightly and then the whole orbit will be different. The whole way that that comes back to you will feel different. So if you tweak a belief slightly and just try believing something different, just pretend like I also want to point out that pretending has got this, especially when it comes to like serious things about life, we've sort of, it seems like we thought that pretending is bad and like we should grow out of it. Pretending can be really sophisticated and we're pretty much doing it all the time anyways. Like, like what we actually know for sure is very, very little. And even our scientific advancements are com- are almost always continually changing how we see, quote, reality. So pretending is a very sophisticated, excellent thing to do often. Like the richness that can be found in, isn't that a fascinating phrase, in make-believe. Like we can make ourselves believe things. We can play with it. We can imagine that that is how we make the world that comes back to us. And so pretending that the Easter Bunny visited my campsite is not necessarily something I have to grow out of. It was bonding and jubilant and totally delightful. And I found myself wanting to hop. I was skipping. I was moving differently. And was that not real? Like, it's a different, if it's a different kind of real. And... I'm wondering if this is now coming out jumbled, but I'm hoping that in 
the jumble. You can feel that we have a choice about what we believe and about what we put out into the world that will come back around in some form to us. I don't want to prescribe exactly what kind of form it's going to come back. But I do think that the world is, is kind of bouncy. That the things ricochet off, whether it's the internet algorithm or your neighbor's opinions or the friends we end up keeping, that the stuff that comes out of us in our thoughts and our words and our searches and our traditions comes back. It bounces back to us. So we have the opportunity to play with that and, and choose more of the life that we want to both live ourselves and create in the world. And it feels like so often the mainstream of culture only allows, like doesn't, doesn't recognize that power that we have the power to shape the world that we experience of what bounces back to us. And and we give away so much if we don't remember that that's a power we hold. And I think that's a magic power. It's almost like we can, yeah, we can change things. It's in that sense, it's almost like a magic spell. You can change the way that the world bounces back to you by what you put out into it. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm putting this out to you and I hope that it's helpful and gives you something to chew on in addition to some lovely chocolate Easter eggs, which I hope somebody hid for you. Or if not, they will be on sale now. And I think the Easter Bunny is pretty flexible and probably loves hiding eggs that are on sale. So if you want to go buy some on sale eggs and hide them for somebody in the next few days, They don't have to be a kid. Anybody can benefit from hidden eggs. And you can pretend to believe in the Easter Bunny for a day. See how that feels. And I would be delighted to know if you have fun doing that. I'm really glad you listened. Thank you for being on this treasure hunt with me, this auditory adventure, and for joining me. I'm really... I'm challenged and delighted to be making these... I love to hear from you and know that you're listening. There's a few ways you can be in touch. You can go to the website for this podcast, magicforrealists.ca, and get in touch with me that way. And if you'd like to support the show, as in give me money that I use as a thank you for my time and um, really appreciate, patreon.com is a way to become like a subscriber almost like tossing some coins in a tip jar or um, or like subscribing to a magazine or something however you want to think about it if that's something that interests you patreon.com it's the place to go and then search magic for realists and you can also leave me a short voice note in the link at the bottom of the episode those voice notes are just a short little hello if you want to send me a longer message please get in touch through the website and i'd love to hear from you that way magicforrealists.ca or on Instagram at magicforrealists and of course if you know any other realists who could use a little magic or who are you know hunting for easter eggs in the podcast world and want to find this one be delighted if you shared it and if you subscribe 
and rate and review it. That will also help it to be found by other people, which I would appreciate. So until next time, I hope you find some eggs along your way, even if they're strangely laid by bunny rabbits or dropped by bunny rabbits or whatever is in, happening in this wacky world of traditions and bouncy ideas and maybe reincarnation. Who knows? But until next time, may you enjoy the magic of the real world. Bye for now.